You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thank you, Joe. Thanks so much. I'm so excited about Joe's class. He is Jose. So he's the one who's going to be teaching the class. And then some of our leadership team is going to be peeking in here and there and maybe teach some sessions. We're really excited. I really believe that God is going to be using that class to bring us closer as a church family. Um, I feel like that's really on the heart of God right now. Uh, for the church to look like family, and I feel like that's one way that this church body is going to be more connected and more on fire and go deeper in Jesus's love and deeper in community with each other. So if you're available on Fridays, I mean, $100 is nothing for five months, right? And half of that covers your books. So it's really a steal. It's an absolute steal um, if you're interested in going deeper with the Lord. And Joe has so much wisdom to share So it's going to be amazing. So Tony and Lindsay are at Tri Lakes Community Church today in Bristol, Indiana. Um, Tri Lakes, we've been friends with them for many years now, and he's commissioning their leadership team today. So we're really excited for them. And I get the privilege of speaking and being with you guys today. I see a lot of new faces, so if you're new today, welcome. Or if if you haven't been here much, welcome back. I really want to share today uh, what is on my heart is um, unity. And um, I just feel like Jesus is calling us into a deeper unity as a body of Christ. And um, also a deeper unity with him personally. And so what does that look like? I'm going to talk about that today. You know, one day... um, God reminded me of something. I was uh, just hanging out with my kids, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and um, I have two beautiful, amazing kids. They're two-and-a-half twins, and um, I was picking up my son, Stokely, and we were just dancing in the kitchen, and he just put his little hands on my head. I don't know why he did that, but it was cute, and we danced, and I was just like, buddy, I love dancing with you. This is so sweet, you know? And if you have young kids, you know they don't sit still for very long. So it's you soak up those moments they want to sit with you and be with you. But um, we were just dancing, and then later on God showed me. He he reminded me of that, and he said, um, that's what I want to do with you. Just how excited you get to pick up your kids and have that moment with them. I want to pick you up, and I want to dance with you. And um, and, I, and he's right, because after that moment, I just craved that ever since. You know, I was like, want to dance today, buddy? Want to dance today? He's like, no, you know. But um, um, Jesus was showing me that what unity and oneness looks like with him is just dancing with him. It's just intimate with him. Because, you know, like dancing is like moving together in step with one another. And you're moving to the same rhythm, right? You're moving to the sound of something beautiful. But you're just in step with one another. And that's what, that's what it looks like. And so Jesus was showing me that unity with him looks like dancing with him. I think practically that looks like intimacy with him. That's what it is. Because dancing is face-to-face, right? It's real vulnerable. It's real close. He wants to pull us in close. And so he's calling us to go deeper in intimacy with him and unity with him. Now, I will say 
that, because I always have to add this in there, we're already one with him. We're already one. We're not going to get more one with him, right? Because at the cross, he made us one with him. What did he do at the cross? He took our place and he died as us. We were raised to life with him and he made us one with him, right? And so we are already one with him. I'm actually going to read Ephesians 2 about that, just in case you need a little more about that. Ephesians, um, let's see here. I'm going to be in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. I'm reading the Passion Translation. So Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins... He united us into the very life of Christ, and he saved us by his wonderful grace. He's talking about at the cross. That's what he did. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as Christ. So what Jesus actually did when he died on the cross is he made us one with him. That's why we're called heirs. That's why we're called sons and daughters. That's why we're called family. We've been adopted in, right? So if you thought that Jesus died on the cross just to get you to heaven, forgive all your sins and get you to heaven, there's so much more than that. There's so, so much more than that. Because he actually made us one with him. It was a genius plan, right? It was a genius plan. Because Jesus made all of us one with him. So we're like Nikki and Jesus. We're like um, Anna and Jesus, we're Joe and Jesus, we're Aurelia and Jesus, we're Sarah and Jesus, and we're all just walking around, one with him. And so he's multiplied himself all over the earth. But the problem is, is that the church, a lot of the church doesn't know that. They think that they're just waiting to die to go to heaven someday. But he has made us one with him. Why? Well, the whole point of unity, as I'm going to skip ahead right now because I'm on a roll, John 17, 21, when Jesus said, when Jesus prayed in John 17 for unity for us, he said, let me just go there. Let me just skip ahead and go there because I'm going to do it, okay? Okay, John 17, 21, Jesus is praying for us. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are one. I pray for them to become one with us so that... The world will know you. So unity is all about the world knowing him. Our oneness with Jesus is so the world will know him. It's not for us. It's so the world. And our unity with each other is so the world. Right? It's good news. There's benefits. There's lots of benefits of our oneness with Jesus that we get to partake in and we get to enjoy every day. But it's all so the world will know him. Okay? going back. So we get to actually, so we're already one with him, was my point, okay? He's already done it at the cross, but we get to choose to live in the reality of that truth or not every single day. So it's our choice, and, and, and some of us are in process. Some of us, this revelation is new to us. I believe that God is um, maybe doing a new thing in some of us. Learning, We're learning who we actually are, right? And so we're going to go deeper in that revelation, but for those of us who know that about ourselves already, that we're one with him, we actually get the choice every day to step into that belief 
every single day? What does that look like? I think it, it practically looks like renewing our minds to that truth every single day. Renewing our minds, speaking identity over ourselves. Renewing our minds, reading the word, reading about who we are. What does the Bible say who we are, right? Because the world is saying this is who you are. This is reality, right? Though everything around us is screaming at us that that is the truth. But our truth is what the word of God says. We live by a higher truth. So we have to renew our mind to what the word of God says, even when we're not experiencing it. Because every day I can say, well, I don't feel very one with Jesus. Just yelled at my kid or just got upset or did this, did that. And, and, and so I can either choose for that to be my truth or I can choose to believe what God is saying about me. You're one with me. You're a new creation, right? New creation. So it, it looks like practically renewing our minds. Owen shared with me the other day, he said that, um, I just thought this was so profound. Owen is my husband, if you didn't know. Um, and he is at home with our kids today because they're not feeling well. But um, um, so one day he said that he just got up and he just felt this pull to just ask God, God, what are we doing today? How can I partner with what you're doing today? Because, you know, he owns his own business and he has a never-ending list of things that need to get done, right? I mean, he just, it's never-ending. And so he has all these things that have to get done. But he's saying, you know what, instead of Jesus, instead of trying to fit you into all the things I need to get done, how about I ask you, what are you doing today? How can I step, how can I dance with you today? And and God ended up having him do something totally different than was on his task list. And he's like, okay, we're doing it, you know? And, and I just thought that was so beautiful because what he's doing in that moment is he's recognizing that Jesus wants to do something with him. Jesus wants relationship with him. And Jesus doesn't want, he doesn't want to use, I, okay, Jesus uses us, but I hate that word because Jesus doesn't, sometimes we use the word use like manipulate Jesus doesn't use us, like manipulate us, into doing something for him. He wants to partner with us. He wants to do things with us relationally as a friend. And so Owen recognized, Owen knows his identity in Christ, and he knows that he has something powerful to bring in, that God is going to do something amazing through him. And so he recognizes that, hey, it's wisdom to actually ask what Jesus is doing and step into that, you know? And I just thought that was a beautiful illustration of what it looks like every single day to step into unity with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, what are we doing today? What are you doing? How can I partner with you instead of you partnering with me to get my needs met and my tasks done? Um, you know, just like I read in John seventeen twenty one about the world, Jesus prayed that we would be one with him as he and the Father are one, and we would be one with each other so that the world would know him. So it's all about relationship with him, and so the world will know him. You know, I want to talk about um, unity as a whole body of Christ, because we can, I'm, I'm going to touch on unity, like, in this church body and revive the world, and, but I also want to, there's just such a greater reality Unity is such a broad topic. <laughs> when, I, when I felt like God wanted me to speak on this, I was like, man, um, you know, this is, I could go on for years about this, you know. Um, and I know that Aaron has been speaking on unity on Wednesday and um, what that looks like. And he taught on how it looks like humility and it's beautiful and it's true. And it looks like serving. 
Um, but I want to talk about, you know, there's a greater reality. There's, there's a worldwide body of Christ that we're a part of. We've actually been adopted into the family of God, right? So it's not just us here in this church building. It's not just the churches in Indiana. That's not the, that's not the whole body. The whole body is the worldwide body of Christ. So the Christians in China and the Christians in Iran and all over the world, we are the body. And so I just felt like, okay, God, practically, what does it look like to be unified with the worldwide body, you know? And I just felt like he was saying, you know, it's, 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 um, it's finding out from him what he's doing. What, what are you doing? Turning our awareness to what, what's the whole picture here, you know? And, um, and praying into it, you know? Praying into it, so important. And actually just positioning ourselves to being a part of it. That's so powerful, right? There's so much power in unity. There's so much power in unity. Um, you know, and, and it can be hard to feel united with the body of Christ when we're not all agreeing, you know, on everything. But we can all agree on Jesus, right? That's the one thing that unites us all, you know? And so we don't have to agree to be in unity is what I'm saying. In fact... Like, we have, just in the U.S., there's, like, over 200 different denominations. And that's a lot. And we don't all agree on everything, but that's okay. I felt like God's heart was on the fact that, like, if we could just, if our perspective could just be on what unites us and leave everything else to the side. Then we'll be in unity. Then the church will be in unity, right? If we can just focus on Jesus Christ, united with him, you know? Not on, not on what you agree on and what I agree on, and you don't believe this and I believe this, and we, we spend too much time on that, you know? And, and, and I feel like that mentality is just toxic to unity. We're all, let me read something. I'm going to read it in 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For it's Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. He's talking about the body. This means all died with him. So that no, those who live should no longer live so self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So then from now on, since we've all died with him and we're all one with him, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances or what they believe. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, that means anyone in the body, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to his old life has vanished. Everything is fresh and new. God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and giving us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So what that means to me is we don't have the right to view each other from any other perspective than through Jesus. 
and him crucified through us, each of us. So if we're, I mean, what does that mean to you? I mean, to me that means I'm, when I'm scrolling through Facebook <laughs> and I see my brother and sister in Christ saying something that I don't agree with, I don't view them from what I, I don't view them and see them through the lens of what they believe different than me or not. That is creating a mindset and a belief system inside of me that it's like an us and them mentality when I give life to that, right? I see them through the cross. And I let Jesus and I let Holy Spirit do the rest. Because I don't fix people. I don't have to do that. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness that I'm only responsible for me, you know? So we must, we must renew our minds to what is true about each other, about the, about the worldwide body of Christ as a whole, because we all need each other, and we're not all supposed to look the same. We're going to get to that later. Imagine the unity, guys. Can you imagine the unity in the church if we can all get this, if we can renew our minds for how we see each other, oh, man, it's revival. So uh, another point I want to make is that, you know, we're in unity when we know our role. We must know our role. So I'm going to read Romans. I'm going to stick. I know I've jumped around a lot, um, but I'm going to stay in Romans 12 the rest of the time, Okay. So Romans 12, verse 4. The title of the part of this chapter is Your Proper Role in the Body of Christ. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> so there's an importance that we know our role in the body. Verse 4. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. Stop. It doesn't say anything about some not having a part. It says, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique part. That means every single person in this room has a unique part and role in the body of Christ. Wow. Ooh. Okay. And so, <laughs> you guys, you're awesome. You know me. I get kind of wacky. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity, yes and amen, without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. <laughs> we all have a part. Unity is each member joining in and no one sitting on the sidelines. We need everybody. Okay, imagine if my heart was like, well, 
I know I'm not a foot. I just don't look like that foot. And I'm just, I don't, I don't have a part, you know. And I'm just going to stop working today. Well, I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. I can't live without my heart. I can't function without my heart. I can't walk around and I can't jump around and do moves for you guys without my heart working, right? So a few years ago, I'll, I'll give you my own story on this, you know. A few years ago, I just felt like God was saying, find your role. What's your role? What were you made to do? And I was filling a lot of spots within this body, doing a lot of different things that needed done because I'm a doer, and I see things that need done, and I'm like, well, I'll do it, you know. And I was just filling the spots because they need to fill, right? And there's beauty in that. There's beauty in serving, right? We're not always at the place where we can step into our destiny right now. Sometimes God asks us to serve. So I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he was saying, do you know your role, though, so that you can position yourself, your heart and your mind, to step into that place eventually. Because if you don't even know what it is, you're just a heart that's not functioning, or a foot, or an arm, or, you know? And so I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I like to do and love to do and I feel passionate about, but I don't know that I'm actually called to them, you know? Uh, maybe they're just hobbies, <laughs> you know? So what did I do? Well, I started to pray into it. Jesus, show me what I was created to do. What am I created to do? And then I started to ask the people in my tribe, the people that are closest to me that hear from Jesus who know me, who know every single thing about me and that can pray, and I trust that they hear from Jesus. And I started to ask them, what do you see over my life? Pray into it. And there was a theme that happened with their responses. There was a theme. Some people were saying some of the same things. And so things that I was already kind of feeling, but I needed that confirmation, you know? And it was amazing. I was like, whoa, I'm called to something, you know? Like, I got a part. And so I was able, when I knew what that was, I was able to be like, okay, God, you know, I'm doing all these things that aren't necessarily what I'm called to, but that's okay. But at least I know what it is, and I'm aware, and I can, and I can step into it with you, and, you know? And so that's something you can do if you don't know what your role is. We each have a function. We each have a role. We each. Um, we need each other, guys. We absolutely need each other to be in unity. For the church to be in unity, everyone needs to be doing their part. We need each other. It's not a chore. I promise you that. Because I believe that dreaming with God is actually coincides with knowing your role. A lot of the times what you're dreaming to do and what's burning inside of you to do is your role. How exciting is that? Right? God's not going to ask us to do something that we, uh, he, he's not going to put a dream and desire inside of our heart and a role for us in the body and that we're not going to enjoy with him. Right? We might, we might not enjoy it in our own strength, but we're not supposed to do anything in our own strength. We're going to enjoy it with him. Oh, man, that's good news, guys. What are your dreams? What are your dreams? You know, God showed me a vision. It was actually on a Wednesday night. I got a word for Donnie and Christy. 
And I saw God breathing on their dreams. And then God reminded me that later. And so he reminded me of the verse in Genesis 2 when he breathed on dust and he created man. He breathed on something and created and manifested a dream. We were his dream. Right? And so the word breathe in the Hebrew actually means to ignite, to kindle like a flame. And so God is breathing on Donnie and Christy's dreams. He's igniting something inside of them. It's their role. Okay? And I felt like he reminded me of that word that I gave you guys. And he said, he's breathing on our dreams, on the body's dreams. He wants to ignite something inside of us so that we can step into unity and we can be the full body. So that, what? The world will know him. Okay? So I want to encourage you to dream with God. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. Listen, if money and fear and time were like not an issue, if, you, if there was no fear, no worries about money, you had all the money in the world, and you'd, no worries about time, what would you do for Jesus? That's what you need to be doing. What do you wake up every single day and say, I just want to do this, but I'm afraid, or but I don't have money, or but I don't have the time? Take those out. What do you want to do? Right? Dream bigger. Because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can imagine. We weren't created to do things on our, in our own strength. We are created, because God is a relational God, we are created to be one with him and to do things with him. So that's why we need to dream impossible dreams. Because if we can do things in our own strength, then why do we need him? <laughs> Go ahead, do things in your own strength. I want to do impossible things with Jesus, because I know that's what I was created to do. So the more impossible your dream looks, the better. The more God dream it is. And you have permission to start dreaming with God, each and every one of you, okay? There's no wrong answer because it's, it, it, the, the parts of the body aren't just the position. The parts aren't just the positions in the church. It's not just a pastor. It's not just a worship leader. When I was in youth group, it was like the holy grail of ministry if you were a missionary and a youth pastor. It was like that was it. Let me tell you something. Jesus is calling us to influence the world not only the church. We need educators to influence the education system. We need doctors and scientists to influence the medical field. We need politicians to influence the political system. We need business owners and entrepreneurs and inventors to influence the business world. Come on, I know some of you are in here that are business owners. Mothers and fathers at home with their kids. If you're just saying, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, let me tell you that is powerful because you are raising up the next generation and you're speaking into your kids' lives. I myself have said, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, and let me tell you, that is not a just. That is huge. If you're an amazing wife and mother, that's amazing. That's, you're changing the world. You're, the enemy is after the family unit, guys. So it is imperative that we raise healthy sons and daughters and have a healthy family unit because the enemy is trying to steal that from us. It's obvious with what's going on in the world right now. So don't just say you're a stay-at-home mom or a mom and a dad. That's, I got to get a Kleenex. (laughs) 
We need people called to the church to reform the church and to equip the body so that they will go out into the world and change the world. We need missionaries to go overseas and influence nations. We need everyone doing their part. It's not just pastors and worship leaders and youth pastors. What's your part? What's your role? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Guys, Jesus is igniting dreams today. I don't know if you feel it, but he's here in this room. And he wants to breathe upon your dreams just like he's breathing on Donnie and Christy's dream. They're going to change the world. You guys are going to change the world. Man. He needs people to go in those prisons, man. He needs people to go to the gang members. Yeah. I can't do that. That's not my role. It's not my part. But it's your part. And the world is going to know him when we're united. Let's go back to Romans 12, guys. I'm actually not closing. (laughs) But if you want to play the rest of the time, you can. I know that sounded like I was closing, but... um. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Totally sounded like I was closing, but... Yeah, come on now. I'm going back to Romans 12, and I'm going to read after what I just read about. Romans 12, 4 through 8 talks about us having a role in the body, right? What we just read. But verse 9 through 17 talks about what the body should look like. So I want to read what the body should look like. The title is Transformed Relationships. Verse 9, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted and tenderly loving to your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of outdo yourselves. Inconvenience yourself to respect and honor one another. We could use some more of that. I could, you know, Jesus convicted my heart too. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing continual joy. If you heard us laughing a lot, we're happy. Why? Because Jesus is our hope. He's our everything and we're in love with him and we won't apologize for it. We love Jesus. And don't ever judge some, the way someone worships because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they've come out of. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's people and respond by helping them. Eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate. Weep with those who weep. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful as others' worth as your own. Don't live with lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. 
Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Isn't that beautiful? Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. Verse 20 says, if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. (sighs) Unity looks like healthy family, guys. Unity looks like what I'm just going to recap what I just read. Loving one another as a family. Serving others. And humility and love. Speaking blessing over each other. Celebrating with each other and grieving with each other. Submitting one to another. This is family. You know, here at this church, we've never really called ourselves just a church. We've always called ourselves a church family. Why? Because that's what God's called us to. That's what God's called the body to. Does it be a family? He calls us as family members. Sean Bowles says, revival looks like family on fire. Where there's family, there's unity. And where there's unity, there's revival. You want revival to come get in position to be a family, part of a family. I believe a big part of us being a healthy family in unity with another, one another here in this church is being intentionally, relationally connected to one another. Intentionality. It looks like loving each other well. It looks like humility. It looks like honor. Now, you may be thinking, you know, the idea of family that I've known my whole life is pretty dysfunctional, Right? You know, I can, (laughs) it's okay, we all, you know, we can all relate on some level, right? But God's calling us, when I say we're a family, I'm saying what God intended. The family God says is family. Looks like wholeness. Looks like whole relationships, healthy relationships. Looks like honor and love. You know, we were created in the image of a family unit. In Genesis, it says, God said, let us, plural, create man in our, plural, image. We were created in the image of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're a family unit. And they're a picture of healthy family, completely one. They're love. So family is kind of important to God. You know, it's not a chore or hard thing to get connected. (laughs) When we're connected to the vine, imagine yourself as like a branch on a tree. When you're connected to the the vine, the tree, the trunk, then you're naturally going to be in that family. You're naturally going to want connection with others. Because if you're intimate with Jesus and you're you're cultivating intimacy in your daily life with him, then you're going to crave intimacy with others. Because that's what you're created for. You're created for intimacy with him and others, not just him. So I, I'm just going to be say it, you know, like people who say, you know, I don't need anyone. I just got me and Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know that you heard from him there. 
I mean, it's your choice. God's still going to love you, you know. You're not, like, cast out or anything. But I, I just got it a little wrong. You know, if it's hard for us to connect and be relational, I think it could be an indicator of something that needs healed inside of us. And the good news is healing's available because there's nothing outside, nothing that the Lord can't heal and set us free from. Yeah, so it's actually he loves us too much to let us stay there in that place. That's why he brings it to the surface. He just loves us so much. You know, if, if, I, wa- if I notice one of my kids walking around hurt or wounded, in my love, I would try to help them get healed, right? I wouldn't just let them limp along for the rest of their lives and never do anything about it. That's kind of like it is when we have heart, when we have any kind of wounds in our heart, you know? That's why it feels uncomfortable and refinement. God brings stuff to the surface. Hey, you got this hurt here. You need healed. And we're like, no, I don't want to deal with it, you know? I don't want to do that. But in his love, he's like, I love you too much to let you not deal with stuff, you know? Um, you know, can you imagine God saying, like, stuff that we say sometimes, like, um, well, I'm an introvert, so I'm good. I don't need people. I'm not saying people aren't introverts. I'm just saying if you're using that as an excuse not to connect with people, can you imagine God being like, I'm good. I don't need nobody. I'm good. I'm overwhelmed by all of you guys. Right? But we do that, right? And I'm not saying we don't have healthy boundaries. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't take care of what yourself, okay? Um, and run yourself ragged. I'm just saying if you're using those things as an excuse to not intentionally want connection with others, then there could be something that Jesus needs to work out inside of you for your good because we need you, right? We need you. And each of us carry an aspect of who God is because there's no other Nikki and Jesus in the world. There's no other you and Jesus in the world. There's no other you and Jesus in the world and every person in this room. So if I don't get to know you and I know, I realize that I can't get to be best friends with everybody in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we each have a unique aspect to display to the world. So if we're not connecting with anyone, how, is people, how are people going to see that aspect of who God is? How are they going to be able to see that part of his face? It's important, right? So I'm just going to share you, with you guys my testimony. My testimony. Um, you know, when I first came to Revive five years ago, woo! Um, well, basically, I hated it, just to be real. I came, you know, I had gone to a big church my whole life, and I could just kind of squeeze in and leave and not do anything. And then I came here. We felt called to here. And I didn't know anybody, and it was real small, as you can see. And it felt like family. (laughs) And it felt like everyone was best friends with each other. And I was just like, well, there's no space for me there. You know, they're all hanging out all the time and being best friends. And they don't want anything to do with me. They're so rude. And they're all, they got cliques. And 
This is seriously my attitude. And I came to church every week, and I had an anxiety attack. I left crying every week. We're never going back there. These people suck, you know. Seriously. I had a real attitude about it. And then one day God was like, well, they're not the problem you are. I had never heard him talk to me like that before. I was like, whoa, okay, what's, what, what? You know, I was, I guess I was humble enough to be like, okay, God, share more, you know. And he was like, you know, you're projecting onto a lot of insecurities and lies that you're believing. It's all about you here. They don't think anything like that of you. And so then he, I said, okay, show me, you know, and so he, sh- he began to show me these insecurities and these lies I was believing, like, um, just fears of rejection and not being, not, no one wanting to know me, knowing wanting, no one here wanting connection with me, no one here actually wanting to get to know me or having space for me. And so, and that was such a lie. No one here thought that at all. I was totally, it was the enemy. It was the enemy. So, um, Anyways, I just imagined myself, it was a real powerful moment, actually. I just imagined myself giving that to him, saying, take that from me, Jesus. And he, I, he, he showed me a vision of him taking it into himself, and it just dissolved and went away. And ever since that moment, I came back, never felt that way, never felt those feelings ever again. Set free. I never felt like, I never felt, because I actually felt that before, you know, like, ugh. But every time I came back after that, it never felt like that. I just, it was like all those lies were gone. And I, I just came in, and I just started getting connected, you know. And I had to be intentional about that. And I started those women's hangouts. And they've been going ever since, and Linda took them over, and she does an amazing job of them. So... I wanted to share that because, you know, I have heard people say that. And I, and I have experienced that myself. And, and just maybe, maybe, maybe it could be something going on inside of you and maybe not everyone else. You know, Tony says this sometimes. If, you're, if everywhere you're going, you're running into the same issues and problems with people, maybe it's not the people. Maybe it's inside of you, you know. Just maybe, you know. So just want to encourage you that the enemy does not want you to feel like you have a place here. If this is your church family, he, he doesn't, or if you're a part of another church that's your church family, whatever, wherever you are supposed to be, the enemy doesn't want you to feel like you have a place there. Of course he doesn't. He comes to divide. He doesn't want to unite us in relationship. Duh. You know? I mean, I'm saying duh to myself because I've thought that before. <laughs> thought, you know. You know, sometimes when all we know is unhealthy family, then when we come into a healthy family, we feel real uncomfortable. And I'm telling you something, this place is a healthy family. This is a healthy family. We do hard things because it's the right thing, you know but it's worth it, right? It's the best ever. You know, Jesus did life with 12. I, you know, he was, they were in each other's homes. They were like real family. They were traveling together, probably hadn't taken baths for weeks. They were stinky. They were, 
They were being persecuted together. They were going through some stuff together, right? They, they knew each other intimately. They knew each other's failures. They could call each other out on stuff, you know? Jesus called some of them out on stuff. I believe that that was going, there was a lot of family happening, And family doesn't look like rainbows and butterflies always. Healthy family doesn't. Because healthy family is loving one another. And you don't leave someone you love in their mess. You confront it in love. You care about the person. You call out the gold in each other. You don't let them stay there, you know. And so that can feel uncomfortable sometimes when we've never known healthy family in our life. But that's what God's called us to. And that's what it's going to take for unity. So... Like I said earlier, obvious it's the enemy is after the family unit. I mean, just look at the world right now. He's trying to normalize a perverted picture of what family is. It's all over. And, and so now more than ever, Jesus is calling us into health and wholeness as a family. Because the devil's not going to win. I got news for you. God's always doing something greater. <laughs> We do have the ability to be healthy and whole personally and as a church family. It is possible, okay? Things that we read in the Bible that we're like, well, that's never going to happen because I'm not experiencing it. Everything that Jesus and God asked us to do is available for us to walk in. He's not going to ask us to do anything that is not possible for us to do in his strength, Right? Remember what I talked about earlier about how we weren't created to do anything alone. We're created to do it in his strength. So that's why he wants to do impossible things through us. So a lot of things in the word are like, well, that seems impossible for me to actually live out, right? There's a lot of things in there. But in his strength, anything is possible. And if he's telling us to live it out, it's possible to live it out. Okay? So I just want to give you some hope there. I'm about to close. Um... Some questions we can ask ourselves as I close. Just some practical things, that questions that we can ask ourselves so that we can be healthy and whole as a family. And um, this also goes for our personal families too, you know, because it starts at home. It starts at home. We want to be healthy and whole as a husband and wife and kids. If I'm not healthy and whole at home, I'm probably not going to be healthy and whole here, Right? And that's important. It's really important. So some questions we can ask ourselves is, you know, are there wounds and hurts or church hurts, relational hurts that need healed inside of me that I've kind of let go? Uh, Do I have unforgiveness towards anyone that I need to forgive people that have hurt me? Um, Do I need to mend a relationship within this body or within a family, my family at home? Or is there any relationships that that I have left, you know, kind of messy. I need to clean it up. Have I honored and respected and loved those in my personal family? Do I need to clean up any messes there? You know, this is, this is one I'm, God has dealt with me with in the past. And is it, am I gossiping and causing church division? Because unity cannot be in a place where we badmouth each other. It just can't. Because that's not love and honor. And 
And, and that even goes for other church bodies that we've been a part of, that we've been hurt in. We don't talk bad about other church bodies. They're our, church, they're our family. God can deal with them and what they, Holy Spirit can bring those things to the surface in them. We take care of us, right? We honor and respect one another. Unity will not thrive in an environment where we do not honor one another. It just won't. And it's even a part of our core values, honor. So I just want, we're going to close if you guys want to stand. I want you guys to put your hand on your neighbor. I want you guys to just, if you're not by someone, just go next to someone. And um, let's just all kind of put our hands on each other. If everyone's, if you're not okay with that because of the COVID thing, that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to force anyone, but let's just, you know, put our hands on our neighbor. Let's just begin to pray for each other. Just pray for your neighbor right now. Thank you, Jesus. I just believe that God's just like healing wounds even now as we pray for one another. Yeah. As we just love on one another. It's just exposing lies we've been believing about others. for your neighbor. If you just want to love on them, if you get a word for them, feel free to share it. Yeah. This is a time for that. Just to love on one another right now. Jesus, I just pray that we would be one with you and one with each other so the world will know you, God. Help us to step into a greater sense of unity within the body, with, with and here in Revived World, a church family together, connected, relationally, intentionally connected with one another, doing life with one another. Show and expose inside of us the mindsets and belief systems that are keeping us from walking in unity with you and each other, God, so that we can be whole, so that we can love each other well and ignite our dreams and our roles, Jesus. Kindle our dreams. Just believe God is igniting dreams right now. I feel like God is even placing things to your remembrance, the things you've always wanted to do. That's not you making it up. <laughs> That's Jesus confirming what he's already placed inside of you to do. I just want you guys, if you have if you've been if you have a dream inside of you, I want you to hold it out like this. Just do a prophetic act here and just hold it out. Okay? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Fire! <laughs> fire yes thank you Jesus that you're igniting dreams inside people you're giving them the ability to follow through with it in your strength God resting in you intimacy with you 
so that the world will know you, God. Some of you have business ideas and inventions that you're, that, (laughs) yes, there's a big yes on it. Yes. Jesus is so excited that you guys are stepping into your role. He's so excited. He's just been wanting you to partner with him your whole life. Not so that things can be done that he wants done. Because he loves you. He wants to do things with you. And I believe that there are some world changers inside this room. There's some world changers here. I just break off the lie that you've missed it. (laughs) That life has happened and there's no room for that anymore. (laughs) Let's just laugh at that lie. (laughs) You're too old. You're too young. Those are lies. You got other responsibilities and you can't follow through now. Lies. guys are amazing. I'm so thankful to be a part of your this church family with you. So uh, we're just going to have the prayer team come on up and um, by all means, if God's doing something in you right now, please stay there and just let him do what he's doing, right? But we have some amazing, incredible people up here who want to pray with you. Yeah, and prophesy over you if you need a word. If you feel like you're not hearing from the Lord and you need a word, they can give you a word. They can pray for you to be healed if you need healing in your body. If anyone is having, raise your hand if you have pain in your body right now. Okay, come on up. If you have pain in your body, come and see someone and that pain's going to leave, okay? God's going to heal you today because he loves you. <laughs> and he's a God of wholeness and restoration. Thank you, Jesus. I just believe as you come up, you're even going to feel a difference in your pain. If you've seen someone raise their hand, their hand beside you, just go ahead and pray. Ask if you can pray for them. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.